Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. The CFL first power rankings of the year. Number one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Number two, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I don't know how you could argue that. They've met in the Grey Cup the last two years. Why would you expect that to change? Number three, Tarana Argonauts. Number four, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm not sure even I have them the second best team in the West Division, but the writers do. Number five, the Montreal Alouette. Number six, the Calgary Stampeders. All I have to say about that is they'll do their talking on the field. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Rod Peterson Show. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network. It's just so much fun being on national television with them all across 10 provinces and 31 states. Maybe you're just tuning in on the podcast, Hour 2, and if so, welcome to that. We're brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beers, the best beer in the game. And we're pleased to welcome back in the owner-proprietor of this program and the co-host, Darren Moose DuPont. Moose, are you... Are you still mad or are you over me teasing you last hour? Are you good now? Are you good? We usually, you and I don't let things, sit, you know, last for too Faster. long. We get over it pretty fast. All we need is a commercial break and we're good. Okay, good. Well, look, because the viewers, they got some comments for you and me. And I felt like saying when we came into hour two here, are you ready to have some fun? But I'm like, I say that every day. Every day is fun. But we've gone through our quick six topics. Bruce Arians has stepped down in Tampa Bay as head coach of the Buccaneers. They're having a news conference right now introducing Todd Bowles, the new head coach. Last night's NHL games, we've been through that. I want to revisit the World Junior story that you came up with that we talked about last hour. And I also want to read some viewer comments. Reggie is a new writer. Reggie Parsons in Cranbrook, B.C. Lovely part of the world, Cranbrook, B.C., Spent a lot of time out there. I got a lot of relations in Cranbrook, BC. And they watch on Game Plus TV out there. Tell us Optic carries them. And he says, uh, I'm old and an Oilers fan. So long that the Dead Sea back then was just not feeling well. You got that? That's how old he was. Boom. The Dead Sea was just sick. Yeah, the guys are... They didn't get it. <laughs> Anyways, Reggie says... This team provides the best hockey in the world. Talking about the Oilers. Whomever they meet, it'll be a great series. I think they have the best team in the NHL. And bring home the cup, boys. Good show, Rod and Moose. We've been around the sun enough to know, Darren, that if you are in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you got a shot. That's just the way that it is. To, to, to sit and discount or laugh at the Edmonton Oilers for their travails. And what did I say? They've won six or eight at home. Somebody was asking earlier what the bet regal odds are for the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. And the last I saw, they weren't even on our board. I don't know if Clark's got it handy. But could you see, Darren, the Edmonton Oilers winning the Stanley Cup? Reggie says they're the best team in the playing the best hockey in the world. They're exciting. I got to give you that. You know what? I 
I can see it. They're they're because they're talented enough. This group with Connor McDavid has never been as deep as they are now up front. You know, they they've you know shored up their blue line a little bit. We know the question marks are in goal. You know, can Mike Smith pull it together for one run? Probably he could. Is it likely? No. As you look at the Stanley Cup odds there, and Edmonton's not on our top list. Um, Miko Koskinen has gone through stretches where he's played good, so maybe he could do it. Like, he is capable of doing it. It's just not highly likely. So Edmonton's a team that scares me, though, because I don't want to play them in the first round simply because of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and some of the other weapons that they have. They're capable enough to win. I guess we'll see. This is why we love it so much. But yeah. it's not a short tournament. It's not the World Juniors. It's not the World Championships. It's a two-month-long tournament. And when you've got goaltending like this, I just don't see it happening. Furthermore, and I'm going to get to football in a second here, but Rob in Cold Lake, B, uh, Alberta, had mentioned, I don't know if you saw this last hour. I'm bringing it up for you. He says, a way to make overtime more exciting in the NHL, and for that matter, junior. Three-on-three, no blue lines or icing, play until someone scores. No shootout. And let's be honest, you played Shinny and Winyard. I played Shinny and Milestone. We at least adhered to offside. (laughs) Right? Like, even with your own personal integrity, if you thought you were offside, you stopped the player. You went and looped back. But let's just say it was out on the dugout or the creek, and there were no rules in three-on-three overtime. Is that possible? Is that even a thing that they would consider, do you think? Not a chance. Zero chance. You know, it's not like three-on-three games. No, it's not like three-on-three games will go all night if you decided to go three-on-three with rules. What would you do? You'd park your, your butt right in the far corner. I'd slap it all the way down, and then you'd sit there and deke out the goalie till you scored. Games would be over pretty quick, I would think. So, well, no, that's they what they want, though, I think. They want to, they want to decide a winner. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't know why or where all this topic of changing the rules has come up. And I was sick of it for the longest time. But I literally, literally that if you can't beat them, join them thing, I'm like, okay, well, let's all let's get into it. You know, what, what do we want to see then in all of our favorite sports? Um, another thing that I wanted to mention, Moose... It is Corey Sheets' 37th birthday today. And you would think 37 is young, but in uh, football terms, no, 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 no. No, He was turned out to pasture quite some time ago. He was born in 1985 in Manchester, Connecticut. Corey Sheets holds the single-game Grey Cup rushing record. I called it 197 yards in the 2013 Grey Cup. And I know that with all due apologies to the rest of our viewers across the country that aren't Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans, I think they even enjoy my stories about these guys. And in honor of Corey Sheets and his birthday, I posted, if you go and follow my recovery account as the certified mental health and addiction recovery coach that I am, I did an article with Corey on his own recovery story. Go to my Twitter. The link is there. It's a hell of a story. And I thought on his 37th birthday, today's a great day to share it. But what are your uh, memories of the great Corey Sheets, who was a Miami Dolphin before he was a Saskatchewan Rough Rider, and then he left Saskatchewan to go to the NFL and regretted it ever since he did? What do you what 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 do you think of when you think of? Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I went to Oakland and I think about, you know, the number one and I think he, he had a swagger, right? He had a little bit of a swagger oh, yeah. when he, when he would play and walk around, you knew he was good. So as a fan, you had confidence and we got the guy, we've got the guy. And when he played, I mean, he was fun to watch. He was electric. And in that great cup, I remember that. I mean, we all wanted him to three more yards just to get to 200, but, uh, no, fun to watch, had a swagger, and, and you were confident that you had the best back in the league when you had Corey Sheehan. You did. But <clears throat> the other thing, just to go a little further, and because it's Thursday and there's not much else going on, and because I, I guess I'm talking about Corey Sheets because I personally like him so much, but I remember when he came into training camp in 2012, it was our head coach, Corey Chamberlain's first year, and Sheets was fifth on the depth chart, and he had a pair of lime green neon running shoes, cleats. He was fifth on the depth chart. And I said to Sheets, first time I ever talked to him, I said, where'd you get those shoes? And he goes, oh, I don't know, Foot Locker, but I just got it to stand out. I'm like, what? And he goes, well, the four other guys all got the same shoes. Because you can't forget me, right, in these lime green cleats that he was wearing. And of course, right, but by virtue of his own talent, he very quickly got to the top of the depth chart of the, that. But then that was an era where I was hanging out with the players to a degree, not as much as I used to, but that was the peak. That was Darian Durant, Chris Getz, Laugh, those guys. And I'm thinking Sheets as a rookie would be treated like a rookie. Nuh-uh. Sheets was one of the boys. He was going to the club after the game. He was throwing parties. They love Sheets <laughs> as a rookie. You don't normally treat a rookie that way. You don't say anything for the first year. At least that's the way it should be. But they just like Sheets so much. And then, of course, you know, we went into, uh, I sound like Lindsey Rowley from Nashville, dropping the we all the time, referring to the team. But, you know, he was trash-talking the Stampeders. He was trash-talking Cornish. He had those guys spinning around like tops. He was in their heads, you know, in that great 2013 season. Yeah. And he was challenging George Reed for a record for the most... 100-yard rushing games in a season. They ended up tied all-time with nine each. And I'll just um, lastly say this. I did a sports banquet with him in Weyburn with uh, Curtis Joseph was the other speaker. And I didn't think Corey would care to listen to Cujo speak. Mm, we were sitting side by side, and he was just hanging on Cujo's every word to the degree of Cujo was telling stories about Brad Hall practicing one-timers in practice with the Blues, and Corey leans over to me, what's a one-timer? I'm like, you're listening! And, and he's like, 19 years in the NHL? Wow! And just the last story on Corey Sheets is that he went to the NFL for an extra $10,000 that he, more than he would have made in Saskatchewan, popped his Achilles tendon on Monday Night Football. I was watching, I was in an airport somewhere, watching it on the TV, and I'm like, no! So anyway, some guys come and go, uh, Darren, and they never leave an imprint. This guy left yeah. one heck of an imprint, is, is, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, clearly he did. That's cool. I love watching it. He was on Monday Night Football. I remember we watched Kenton Keith with the Colts. So it's cool when you watch guys in your backyard and then they go to the NFL. I promised that, uh, hey, it's 111 Eastern! <laughs> 1111 Mountain, where you reside. Uh, Ted in Red Deer says, I agree with Moose. That's what I remember about Sheets. Obviously, the Great Cup rushing record. 
Jeff the Stamps fan, what I remember about Corey Sheets was his mouth. Yeah, but he backed that up. That's what I love about him. But in this particular time we have left, Darren, please, because I teased you so bad, but I really want to know the scoop of Regina and Saskatoon going on after the World Juniors for, for next year, the one after this August. Do they have competition in this? Do we know who that would be up against? I have no idea. I mean, what I, what we, what I read was that the IIHF approached Hockey Canada about getting an accelerated bid in. They don't got a lot of time, right? You got not have much time. And so whether it's, it's the Hotels Association, Tourism, you know, and all the other parties that have kind of jumped on board here to put a really fast bid together that they're going to present on April 4th. Just a few days away. Like, I don't know who else could pull that off, not knowing NHL schedules and other things that are happening. So I, I can't imagine there's any competition. And if Saskatoon and Regina can pull it off and host it, I, I, I would imagine it'd be a slam dunk. Do you think that Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Vancouver... Calgary, Edmonton, for that matter, would be automatically stricken because I guess they would be. So it would be non-NHL markets. But even then, there's a lot. We're talking about Canada now, Moose. We right? are. Um, all of, all of Atlantic Canada. Yeah. But, mm, you know, that's that's, that's the issue, right? And who's got the secondary arena within a couple hours that's, you know, 6,400 seats that the Brand Center has for the other pool? It's a perfect fit. In short order, um, I mean, the other, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Ottawa, they've all pulled it off before, but now you need the NHL to work their schedule around those buildings being occupied. This is just the easiest thing to do in, 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 uh, with not a lot of time. Well, it sounds like to me, like it's a slam dunk, like they're getting it. Now, you yeah. shouldn't get ahead of ourselves because you still have TD Place in Ottawa where the 67s play, holds 9,000. It still got Halifax. It wouldn't be a slam dunk, but I would hope that they could get it. And this is another thing that I think people, I don't know what it took, but people are finally starting to get why I enjoy this show so much, and I thank you for the opportunity that it presents. I missed a lot of the greatest sporting events that happened in the rectangle because I was on the road. For instance, 2010, when Regina and Saskatoon hosted, I had to be with the Pats out of there, right? We were on the road for two weeks out into Alberta and BC. So I missed it all. Were you there? What do you remember about it? Yeah, very little, to be honest. Um, but I was there and around and got to check it out. When you talked about the Humboldts and the Swift Currents and those other markets, the whole province got to be a part of it, right? I remember Rutherford, Rankin, Saskatoon hosted some of the pre-tournament games. I think there was Humboldt maybe hosted a game, Swift. Uh, maybe even Kindersley, I think, hosted a pre-tournament game. So that's all really cool. It was just... It was awesome. And then obviously the U.S. won in 2010 and kind of upset all the, the Canadian fans. But the building was packed. The 50-50 tickets were $75,000, the pots. It was incredible. That, from what I saw on TV, it looked amazing. And was Jack Campbell not the American goalie in that? I might, I might be wrong, but I think he was. Good question. But that would, the timeline would line up, I think. I think it was him. Ah, well, all the hockey scouts that are home watching on right now, you can text me. Text my U.S. phone, please. Because I'm getting all these texts from the hockey people that are going to the wrong number. Um, Andrew Stout, watching a Quebecer, says, it looks like Quebec and Ottawa are making a bid. 
Yeah, so it's not going to be a slam dunk, but as Darren said, who's got the facilities? It's a great question. When we come back, we'll get into, we'll continue more of this. There are some CFL questions coming in. And um, familiarize yourself with this in the next four minutes, Darren. You've been watching Sean Simpson on Twitter, I think, of TSN Ottawa Radio, Sean, our good friend Simmer, saying about the new rink in Ottawa. He's had a lot to say this week. Uh, this week. I guess they're moving some Sens games to Quebec City and it hadn't been a great week for the Ottawa Senators. And he's taken it upon himself to, I think, cheer everybody up. But what do we know about the Sens losing some home games? And for that matter, the Red Blacks too. Let's hear from the Ottawa Eastern Canadian people that are watching on Game Plus right now. We'll be right back on that wonderful TV network. We're also live streaming on YouTube daily. And if you missed any portion of the podcast, you can always catch, or any portion of the show, catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcast at Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hour two of the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Great Western. Original 16 beers. The best beer in the game. And by the way, it's Thursday. That means it's buy one, get one half off at taco time. A burrito full day at taco time with over 120 locations across Canada. There's always one near you. Shout out to the viewers. We're in taco time viewer takeover early. And uh, for those American viewers, especially those in South Florida that say you'd rather have hockey talk than football talk, let's hear from you. Because a lot of the viewer comments that are coming in pertain to the Canadian Football League. So let's hear from everybody. Moose, I want to know what your weekend uh, has coming up as it pertains to the Saskatchewan rush. But we got into the topic of running backs, particularly in the CFL, because it is Corey Sheets' birthday. And we told some great Corey Sheets stories. Uh, Sean in Vancouver is watching. He says, Corey Sheets and Kenton Keith could break defenders' ankles. So fun to watch those guys. Uh, they were. And Jeff the Stamps fan wants to know who the Riders running back will be this year. Because let's remember, they are hosting the Grey Cup in 2022. He says, I don't see anybody on their roster of note. It's uh, Jamel Morrow atop the depth chart, who's entering his second season. And Clark Campbell watching Moose. He is in the Queen City. He says, I remember green jerseys. That of the 2010 World Juniors. Do you re- were those as hot of item as they were purport- purported to be back then, those green Hockey Canada jerseys? Yeah, they had them in, in 2010, those green Hockey Canada jerseys. Um, people in Saskatchewan loved them. The rest of the country did not. <clears throat> That's what I remember. Is that right? So I think so. Yeah, it was a Saskatchewan well, thing, I'm pretty sure, the green jersey. Well... But I also remember, if you want to get right down into the nut, nuts and bolts of it, the nitty-gritty, let's not forget that for all but one year, I spent a half a century in the province of Saskatchewan. So look, I get it. We didn't care what anybody was saying outside the province. And I remember the green jerseys that Hockey Canada wore. They came up with those because they were having a tough time selling tickets and creating buzz. It was a marketing gimmick and a shtick. But now that I've spent significant time outside of the province, I kind of see what everybody else sees when they look in. 
as do you, because you've seen it too. You've been with me for half this time, and I can see why they wouldn't like it. But even you as a fan knew then, Darren, it was a gimmick and a shtick to just drum up interest and sell jerseys. Tell me you knew that. Yeah, of course. You know, of course. And, you know, I don't think there was too much of an issue with the Canada games, but, you know, they're trying to get interest in the whole the whole tournament and try and get, you know, more ticket packages sold. And, you know, when you can include a limited edition green Canada jersey, when you purchase a, a full tournament package, you're going to sell more tickets. Asking you sell receive. Jenna watching in Southern California. Right, said and says, I just want my Buffalo Sabres to keep getting points and climb up the rankings. You can say this about Jenna because she's been on board with us and with the Sabres since literally day one. So whenever they find their way out of this wilderness that they're in, she can say, I was with the Sabres when they were at the worst of the worst. And that would be probably a pretty nice feeling for her to say. And by the way, Jen, I I think you were watching last hour when we had uh, Lindsey Rowley on from the Predators broadcast. They're going into Buffalo tonight. So, yeah, the Sabres... Ask the Calgary Flames about the Buffalo Sabres. They can sneak up and bite you. Right, Moose? And that reminds me. Uh, tonight's slate. Let's look at tonight's slate in sports. You can, I don't know, you probably haven't figured a featured game, but maybe you have. I shouldn't speak for you. There are nine in the National Hockey League tonight. Chicago's at Florida. I won't be watching it. We're going to the Golden Corral. Okay. So watch my social media for that. Fully expecting to have the meat sweats tonight. Uh, Montreal is at Carolina. The New Jersey Devils are at Boston. And for me, that just strikes me as some sort of marquee matchup. It's not, but Devils-Bruins is, in a way, uh, historically. Blue Jackets at Islanders. Winnipeg Jets at Toronto. Pittsburgh at Minnesota. San Jose at Colorado. Kings at Flames. And Dallas at Anaheim. So it's a short turnaround for a lot of these teams. Uh, for you, I would guess it's the Toronto-Winnipeg all-Canadian matchup in the NHL. It is. There's, there's three games that, that hit me there. I mean, Calgary-LA is another game, two, two really good teams. But how about Pittsburgh-Minnesota? Minnesota's rolling like crazy. Pittsburgh's one of the best teams in the NHL. That'll be a really, really good game. I don't want to call it a Stanley Cup preview, but it, I mean, it could be. But yeah, it's Toronto-Winnipeg. Um, poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. And let's hear from the Winnipeg viewers, too, if you don't mind, on this. Our poll question is, who should win the Vezina Trophy as the NHL Goalie of the Year this year? And if I can remember the options, because I tweeted the poll, Jacob Markstrom of the Flames, Igor Shosturkin of the Rangers, Sergei Barbovsky of the Panthers. Who am I missing, Clark? Didn't say Juicy Sorrows of Nashville. Markstrom, Shesterkin, Bob. Doesn't matter. Shesterkin's running away with the pole. Shesterkin is. But I didn't spend enough time on this. Ah, Tristan. Did I put Tristan Jerry? I feel like I didn't put Tristan Jerry. Vazzy. That's who it was. 
Shesterkin running away with it. Shesterkin with 61% of the vote. Jacob Markstrom next with 32%. Moose, let's hear from you Florida hockey fans that say you want more hockey talk. But I did see this. Connor Hellebuck leads the NHL in games played with 57. The NHL record, Moose, is Grant Fuhr with 79. And he did it with the St. Louis Blues. Did the Jets have some blood on their hands by playing Bucky too much? When they're just flirting on that playoff line right now, and did they have they worn him out? You know, my first initial thought was when you ask if he's played too much, I'm like, no, they need him to play more. They haven't won enough games. Yeah. They need him to play more. But, but you're right. Maybe they have worn him out. And, and judging by the responses to your tweet, and Jets fans agree with you. It seems like that they think they've played him too much, and that you know I'd rather have him m- m- well rested for less games and have a better chance to win then tire this guy out, especially when we need him down the stretch in the final, you know, dozen games or so. Well, and that's the point is with this talk, <clears throat> there's getting to be more and more talk about goalies playing on back-to-back nights. Should they or shouldn't they? And the one thing people need to understand is the goalies want to. It's the coaches and the consultants that are pulling him out of the games. Connor Hellebuck wants to play every game. Why wouldn't you? Of course you want to play every game. And but. By the way, I don't think they played him too much either. 57 games is not a lot. Yeah, it leads the NHL, but again, Grant Fear played 79. And is the game that much different now than it was then? They were playing back-to-back nights way more then. I don't think that it is. And Martin Brodeur, the career wins leader of the top four seasons of most games played, Brodeur's got two of them. (laughs) You know what I mean? That guy played all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's a competitor, a, and he wanted to. It was a big deal when you could play, you know, 50 games, 60 games a year, right? And you had to pencil in your backup for, for 20 games. You know, Luongo, same thing. You know, Lundquist, they played a lot of games. And you knew you were going to be competitive. And when you came into those buildings, you knew you were going to play the best goaltender. Doesn't it just feel like that that's not the way anymore? Not even close. Yeah. So my featured game tonight, I think I'm, I'm going to say Winnipeg Jets at Tirana. Probably get a chance to watch a little of that. I'll be long gone to sleep by the time the Kings visit the Calgary Flames. But are you getting a sense, though, that people are just really, there's a je ne sais quoi, a nip in the air, that the playoffs are right around the corner, and people are talking about it. Yeah. I'm- I'm starting to feel that. And, you know, it's going to be a little later this year. I mean, it's not going to happen until the end of April. I mean, beginning of May. But, yeah, you're starting to get it. You know, the thaw is happening. Everybody's getting excited. And, you know, you notice it just in our content. You know, there's more talk about the NHL and the potential playoff matchups and the standings and the playoff races. And that's why we're paying attention to the Dallas Stars tonight, too, you know, trying to see if they can't climb up further into a playoff spot in Vegas winning last night. It's, it's in the air, man. Brian Ray of the Dallas Stars TV broadcast joins us in the next segment, by the way, to talk about that. Um, two things. I was watching Pat McAfee this morning on ESPN get up, and I guess he's in WrestleMania on Sunday. And yeah. the gentleman 
that stopped me in the gas station parking lot that said, us and Pat McAfee are getting him through the pandemic. He's like, it's been two years and you still are. It's the only two shows that he watches and listens to. Pat McAfee, uh, Matt, Pat McAfee show and this one. Are you into WrestleMania? I think 36, I think they said on Sunday that Pat McAfee's going to be in it. It's just, I, I, I'm doing my best to get into soccer, casually paying attention to tennis, but I just don't think I can do WrestleMania 36. How about you? No, I can't. I can't. I was into wrestling so much as a kid, but once you get out of it and all your favorite wrestlers are gone, you can't get back. It's hard, so hard to get back in. So for me, I'm, yeah, I'm out. I, I know that a lot of our viewers would be watching this, uh, and they are wrestling fans, but I just can't. I got to be me. I got to talk about the things that I care about. Pro wrestling isn't one of them. Um, and The Rush, what do you got going on with The Rush this weekend? Absolutely nothing. So we got a week do off. they play? They do not. We got another week. And then uh, next weekend we'll play a couple more home games left and then they go on the road to Panther City to finish down in Texas. But uh, yeah, there's a weekend off for the, uh, the Rush. They need a little bit of a, a break here. All right. Yes, they do. To, to refocus. Moose, I'll see you back for overtime. What do you say? You betcha. See you then. Okay. Uh, just before we bring in Brian Ray of the Dallas Stars TV broadcast, a sports update on this Thursday. No rest for the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg is in Toronto facing the Maple Leafs following last night's 3-2 shootout win over the Buffalo Sabres. Toronto sniper Austin Matthews needs one more goal to reach 50 on the season. Very excited to see the Leafs and Austin Matthews when they come through here, South Florida, next Tuesday. Already making plans for that game. The LA Kings won't have time to dwell upon their 4-3 shootout loss last night to the Orders. The Kings... Facing the Flames tonight in Calgary, as I mentioned, that's my featured game of the night. In other action, the Montreal Canadiens visit the Carolina Hurricanes. Now the real fun begins for Canada's men's soccer team. The squad ended its remarkable World Cup qualifying campaign with a 1-0 loss in Panama on Wednesday night. But Canada will still head to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar as the top finisher in CONCACAF. And after four straight home wins, the Toronto Raptors head on the road. Pascal Siakam had 12 points, 10 rebounds, and a career-high 13 assists for his second-ever triple-double and a win last night. The Raptors visit the Orlando Magic on Friday. And Canada's Brooke Henderson tees off at the Chevron Championship today, the first major of the LPGA Tour season. She'll be debuting a new 46-inch driver after using a 48-inch driver since she was 15 years old, the switch was necessary after the LPGA made 46 inches the maximum length of a driver on tour. This sports update presented by Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, Dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including my favorite, the Almond Coconut, RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. We'll be going to Dallas next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, live streaming on YouTube daily, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Game day here in South Florida. Panthers home to the Chicago Blackhawks, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's part of a nine-game slate in the NHL. RP Show brought to you in part by Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Find everything you need to know about our services. Financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. Well, we chatted Nashville Predators last hour. Our viewers love these U.S. team visits. We're dropping in on Dallas now. Brian Ray is the host of Dallas Stars broadcast on Valley Sports TV down there. And it's been a while since we saw him. Hey, Brian, you must be having fun, just like Lindsey Rowley was last hour. It feels like the playoffs have started already for the Preds, and the Stars are just on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Big games these days. I mean, I don't know if I'm having as much fun as you guys. You're sitting on a shoreline somewhere in South Florida, but we'll take the playoff chase as we're at it. And, <laughs> yeah, it, it's the best time of the year, right? You know, you, you always want your team to just be over and done with it like the Florida Panthers and have run away with everything. But but if you are in this chase, you do have to embrace and enjoy it. The, the hockey is just so much fun. The dramatics of it are so much fun. And, and in the Western Conference specifically, I mean, it feels like it's changed daily in terms of who's in a wild card spot and who's not okay well i'm going to look back in a second but not just yet tell me about this dallas stars team and why you feel it's special and why it should be in the playoffs as the host you you obviously think they're going to be there what's got to happen for them for that to happen they wow that's a that's a heck of a question um <laughs> they are in the process of heating up, they've won, I think, five of their last seven, six of their last eight. They're going to have to string together or continue stringing together a stretch of wins here. You know, it, it seems like they're changing daily with Vegas on that second wild card spot, and, and Vegas won again last night. And I, I know they have their games in hand, but the games in hand only mean anything if you actually win those games in hand. So they're on a road trip right now. They're finally getting better on the road. They've, they've got their road record back to 500. They should beat the Anaheim Ducks tonight. They should beat the Seattle Kraken at the end of this trip. You know, it, it, they have to keep stringing together wins. Um, and consistency was a, was a big problem for them in the first half of the season. It has been better after the All-Star break. But it needs to be at its best right now. You know, they offensively they need to be consistent. Defensively, goaltending they they just they need to be consistent and they need to keep stringing together wins because you know Winnipeg's heating up, Vancouver is still in it, Vegas is not going down without a fight. You know, Nashville since you just talked to Lindsay who does great work over there with uh, with, with the Preds. You know, they're going to try and hold off everybody and. and somebody's going to get hot here and sneak in. I, I think it's coming down to the last week of the season. I really do for, for what's going to happen. And this is the tough thing that some good teams are going to miss the playoffs. And it's not like it used to be like all 16 teams that make it are going to be good. And there's going to be good teams that miss. That's just the way that it is. But when I'm, as I sit here and talk to you, Brian, and as I told you in one of our past interviews, my dad worked for the Stars for 26 years, so I, you know, <laughs> followed them fairly closely. I don't—they're not my team anymore, but they were for a long time. 
They were in the Stanley Cup final just a couple years ago, and now they're on the cusp of missing the playoffs for the second straight year. Which is the real Dallas Stars? Was that a misnomer, or is this? It's it's somewhere in the middle, and I, I know I'm sitting on the fence a little bit or, or hedging my bets a little bit. They... That team that went to the cup final was really good defensively in the back end of the ice. They wanted to win games 3-2 or 2-1. And, and you have to remember, they, they did that with Anton Hudobin. It wasn't Ben Bishop. This team, mm -hmm. that defensive structure is still there. Uh, their back end, I think, might be a little more mobile than that group that went to the cup final. Jamie Alexiak is out. Ryan Suter is in. and. So it's not that long, sticky octopus defense that's so hard to get through that, that, that you see from a lot of cup contending teams. And, and Jake Ottinger, to this point, has proven he is now the number one goaltender for the Dallas Stars, and that's what he's going to be moving forward. But we haven't seen him do it in a playoff series yet, which is a big question mark. The, the biggest thing for me is can they find some offense? And they got hot offensively when they made that 2020 run in the bubble. They've had blips of offense behind their top line. Rope Hints, Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson. We know they can produce offense. They've been one of the best lines in the NHL this season. Behind that, that's the question mark. And there has been ebbs and flows all year long as to where is the secondary scoring going to come from. It's sort of been a different guy at different times of the year. If they get into the playoffs and they have that secondary scoring punch, then maybe this is a, a, a team that is going to be a little bit dangerous, whether they're taking on a Colorado or a Calgary or, or, or somebody else, you know, in, in a first round series. So it's, you know, it's, it's a long answer to, to sum up that it's somewhere in the middle of the team that got hot offensively and went to the finals and the team that has sort of been up and down this season. Hey, long answer, short answer. It's it's a great answer, but I'm just I'm honestly, and I'm looking at the, and I apologize for putting your feet to the coals, but you can tell that I, I care. <laughs> I want to know what's going on down there. And let's I just let's look, get into you know, it, man. Well, yeah, we are, and I just I see the names: um, Klingberg, Heiskanen, uh, Sagan, uh, Jamie Ben, Raddick, Baxa, Hints. These are the usual suspects. So I guess my point is, are they underperforming? Were they overperforming then? And like you say, they're, they're somewhere in the middle. But I look at, yeah, go ahead. You're thinking something. Tell me. What? Well, it's, well it, it's, it, it's, it's been, it, it's, especially locally here in Dallas, it, it's, sometimes you just have to laugh about it because we're 65 games into the season and there are still times where you're going, how did you lose that game? Or how did you win that game? Like there, there's sometimes we're still learning about who the Dallas Stars are. The, the, the biggest thing overall with the Dallas Stars is this season, the, there's a passing of the torch that is going on right now. Yes, the, the household names were Ben Sagan, Klingberg, Radulov, Ben Bishop before he was hurt and had to you know, shut his career down. They're not, they're not the core names anymore. This has now been Rope Hints, Jason Robertson, Miro Haskinen and Jake Ottinger. That is the four-headed monster, provided Jim Nil can get them all locked up long-term, that is going to be the new core moving forward 
for the Dallas Stars. Joe Pavelski is a big part of it, but Joe Pavelski is only, he only has a one-year extension now. He's a year-to-year player at this point in his career. You know, Ryan Suter will be a part of it, but Ryan Suter wasn't brought in to be a number one defenseman. That's what Miro Haskinen is. So the usual suspects don't totally expect to see them be the usual suspects. It's now Hintz, Hintz, Pavelski, Robertson, Haskin, and Ottinger. It's their team, and it's becoming their team this season. The torch is getting passed to that group. I get it. Well, they're very talented players, so I like the sounds of that. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, let me just say this. Braden Holpe's on the roster, but he never plays. And I was saying the Oilers should go after this guy. He's a Lloyd Minster Edmonton area kid. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's not that old. He's younger than the flower. And people say, no, Rod, you don't, what you, don't know what you're talking about. And I, 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 clearly I don't. Is that a trade that you think the Oilers could have made? Would it have even have been available? No. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go blunt with you on that. The, the first thing with Braden Holtby is he was dealing with a lower body injury about a week and a half, two weeks leading up to the deadline. And he's had some lower body issues pop up over the course of the season. So I, I, I can't confirm if it's the same injury that's nagging or if it's a different ailment. But, but he's had you know, a, a lower body issue that was affecting him up to the deadline. So if you make that deal... You don't even know what version of Braden Holpe you have on, on top of that. And then second of all, I don't know how available Braden Holpe really was for Jim Nill and the Dallas Stars. It, it, it made for great theater and, and media content, but you're talking about a hockey team that had four goaltenders to start the season and still had to trade for a fifth goaltender at the deadline because of the injury issues they've had to their goaltending cores. So Jim Nill has learned, especially this season, goaltending depth and how important it was. Even though they went and got Scott Wedgwood, who knows what the health situation of the Dallas Stars goaltenders are going to be for the final you know, 17, 18 games of the season. So I, I don't think Braden Holtby was ever truly available. Um, even though a lot of reports and speculation talked about that, just looking at, you know, being a UFA and, and, and the goaltending situation for the stars, it, I, I just don't think it was ever going to be realistic for any team that was interested, unless there was going to be a knock your socks off pick and prospect package that somebody was willing to throw out for Braden Holtby. Well, I appreciate the insight. Brian, I mean it when I say I love our visits. I hope we can do it in the playoffs. Go Stars, and uh, good to see you again. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. I'm ready when you guys want to talk. This is always fun. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, bud. The Moose will be back in for overtime. It is next. Viewer Takeover presented by Taco Time. Hour 2, as you see, brought to you by Original 16 Great Western Beers. The best beer in the game. We'll be right back on the Game Plus TV Network. Live streaming on YouTube as always. You can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy the best podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Okay, here we go. Here we go. 
It's overtime, and that's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Moose, look at this last boat. This last boat here. Take a ride on the Karma Train as we bring in uh, Darren Moose DuPont here. And uh, how you doing, sir? I like it. Karma. It's a it's a good boat. I, I always wonder, you know, I'm a boat or a yacht guy or a sailboat kind of guy. I wonder what I would name it. Karma's a good name. Cannot wait to get you down here, man. And it's going to take three, four, five days just to get all the touring done. Things for you to see. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, here in the viewer takeover, Todd in Red Deer, who was the winner on the weekend, by the way, of the Bet Regal contest. So, people, I want you to start thinking about tomorrow. We're going to be asking to play the contest for this upcoming weekend. Pick your featured game of the weekend. Pick the winner, like Todd did, and uh, you'll win a prize pack from Bet Regal if you're correct and you're randomly selected. Anyways, Todd says, "Hey, Rod, not really on topic, but all for watching." F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix. F1's coming to Vegas next year for the first time. Should be wild, to say the least. And says, your show consistently at a very high level, in my opinion. Todd in Red Deer. we got a lot of viewers writing in and obviously watching on Game Plus TV from Red Deer. And Moose, I think I'm going to hand this over to you. I'm very, very proud of the product that we're putting out. I'm proud of, uh, obviously, your work. Jordan uh, Clark in the back. Rolf, Ryan, it's a big crew, right? A very big crew. So I'm proud of them. And it's nice for him to say that and for it to be recognized. But you're doing all the social media right now. And I have to say, son, you're flying at like 50,000 feet. Can you keep up this pace, Moose? Can you keep it up? Because I know you have another job and that's running this whole thing. I'm just worried about you. Like, you're redlining. I know, right? It's a lot. <laughs> you know, just trying to do it right. We The thing is, is when we have two hours, there's so much content. And you and I know it's like, oh, that would be great. That would be great. Oh, people would love that. So, uh, you know, I want to put everything out there. Yeah, you know what? We're flying pretty high. We'll probably come back down to about here and find a consistent pace that we can keep up over time. Because, you know, we got to put our feet up once in a while, too. Uh, well. Like I say, people get used to it, so just be careful because then the expectations get raised. But I've noticed you're crushing that social media thing. Uh, BW says, I would love to hear Bob Stoffer on his take on the Oilers slash Condors. Just a thought. Well, put it on the list. I just mentioned it. Oh, on Monday's coming on. Clark says, it's done. How about that? You spoke that? it into existence, BW. Um, I've also asked for Kristen Anderson, formerly Kristen Audlin, to come on. She just announced this morning she's leaving the Calgary Herald slash Calgary Sun, covering the Calgary Flames after 15 years to go take over communications at the Calgary Stampede. KO, isn't it? What a small world, Moose, all these synchronicities. I just introduced her to you yep. a month ago, and now she's leaving. Was it something we said? I know, right? <sighs> Just making our way into Calgary, and she's leaving. But anyway, she seemed very happy about it, so congratulations, KO. If you're happy, we're happy. Um, Jeff, the Stamps fan, uh, writes in and says, is that a Golden Globe Award? No, this is my gong. This is my John Ohm gong that Darren ordered from Amazon. Correct, Moose? That's right. 
Yeah. Regarding the boats and their names there, Jennifer from the Forest Season says, LOL, my boat is named Jenny. Well, I'm sure it means as much to you as the America's Dream does to that guy or gal who owns it. My cousin Christine in Medicine Hat says, Now I don't know if I should watch Rod's show with Corey Sheets this afternoon or listen to the Crosby podcast Mr. Ohm was talking about. Here's one, Chris. Why not do both? How about that? But the thing with Corey Sheets... Uh, you could watch the interview, or I would suggest just read the transcript of it. I turned it into a story, and it's at petersonrecovery.com. That's my recovery-based thing. But you want to talk about a guy that played in the CFL, the NFL, three different teams, 49ers, Dolphins, and Raiders, and stood back and looked at the regret in his life. Corey Sheets. I was just thinking about Sheets the other day, Moose. Speaking of synchronicities, remember, it's in that interview. He says, Rod, you ever faced your fears? I'm like, yep. Yeah. He goes, you got to do it because there's nothing to be scared of after that. I think about it all the time. Nothing scares me. And it's a hell of a way to live. And Corey Sheets tells the story as to why. Anyways, I've been doing a heck of a lot of talking here. Um, any last word from you? No, I'm, I'm going to be really curious tonight, uh, the, you know, how the Jets play against Toronto. That'll be a, a fun one to see where they're at. They really got to continue to make a push. Big win last night, so big game for them tonight. You betcha. I'm very excited to see what the Golden Corral has on the buffet, the finest buffet in the yeah. USA. We'll see you all tomorrow at noon Eastern for a football Friday right here. Thanks to Lindsey Rowley, Brian Ray, and most of all, you. We'll see you tomorrow here on Game Plus. Nerds! <laughs> Nerds! For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.